This morning I'd like to read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, and I want to read the story found in verses 26 through 38, and today we're going to talk about the type of person God chooses to use, and the story again is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible." Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading and the preaching of your word. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning I would like for us to look at Mary. Why God chose Mary above all the other women who were alive on planet earth at that time Why did God choose Mary? Now, some of you may be sitting here this morning thinking to yourself, you know, God could never use me. God may have used Mary, but God could never use me. Well, my message in brief form this morning is if you're thinking that, you're wrong. (laughs) You're dead wrong. Not only can God use you, God wants to use you. He's waiting to use you. God is eager to use you in ways that you've possibly never imagined before. Now, there are a lot of misconceptions about Mary. Not once in the Bible does it say we are to worship her. Not once does it say she was perfect or sinless. It does not say that she was God, and it doesn't say we are to venerate her. In fact, what is so special about Mary was her plain ordinariness. Don't you like that word? Her plain ordinariness. Uh, God took just an ordinary young girl and used her in an extra ordinary way. That's what makes Mary so special. But why Mary? Well, I can tell you it wasn't because of her education, because she had none. And it wasn't because of her wealth, because she was very poor. And it wasn't because of her maturity, because she was just a teenage girl. Why did God choose Mary? I think it was because of her heart. 
You see, Mary trusted God. I wonder if we trust God. What kind of person can God use? Well, number one, God uses people who desire to do His will. You've got to want to do His will more than anything else. You've got to be able to say, God, I want your plan for my life. And you know that we talk about that all the time here at Cavanaugh Church, that God has a custom plan for you, but it is not automatic. It is not something that just automatically happens. God made you for a reason, but you know what? You can miss His will. You can miss His plan. You must choose to cooperate with God's purpose for your life or you will miss it. You could waste your life. You could blow your life. You could squander your life and not make it count. God uses people who desire to do His will. People who say, God, I really want you first in my life and I want to be the person that you made me to be. Lord, more than anything else, I want to do your will. So one day this angel shows up to Mary and says, God has a fantastic plan. He's going to come to earth so we will know what God is like. And you're not going to believe how he's choosing to come, Mary. He's going to use your body. (laughs) Wow. Mary's response is in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 48. It's Mary's song of praise to God. Here's what Mary said. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maid servant. Yeah, I'm amazed at how Mary responded. Mary didn't say, God, go find somebody else. And she could have. When God says, I want to use you, Mary, Mary didn't say, well, you know, God, that's good, but I've got my own plans to think about. I have my own ambitions and my own dreams. And, you know, right now is not a really convenient time (laughs) to be asking me to do this. I've, I've got to think about what's best for me. She could have said that, but Mary didn't. Mary didn't say, God... Go get somebody else. I really think here's the first key. If if God is going to work in your life, and if you're going to see His plan happen, and you're going to become the person God made you to be, you've got to desire it. That's the first key. You've got to want it. You've got to desire and hunger God's will for your life more than anything else. Again, it is not something that just automatically happens. You must say, God, I desire your will for my life more than anything else. It must be a definite act, a volitional act. You've got to say, Lord, I want to do your will. And I accept your will. You know, the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. Why? Why why would God say that about a shepherd boy named David? Well, it's because David said, I desire to do your will, oh my God, more than anything else. That's what David said. It was his desire. God, I want to do your will more than anything else. I wonder if that's your desire. Really, what is it that you desire most in life? Maybe for some of you this morning, it's to get married. 
And I would say the opposite of that, but I'm not going to, right? It may be for you to be financially independent. Maybe your greatest desire is to make a million dollars or to retire. Well, you know, those things are okay, but they can't be the purpose of your life. If those things are the motivating factor of why you get up every morning and live, man, you're barking up the wrong tree. God made you for something much bigger than that. What is it that you desire most in life? Well, I can tell you what it should be because Jesus said it. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, your greatest desire in life, the thing that you hunger and thirst after more than anything else, should be seeking God and doing his will. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Jesus said all these other things that we spend so much time and energy after will be added unto you. So folks, it starts with a desire. What kind of person does God use? God uses people who desire to do His will. Secondly, God uses people who decide to pay the cost. There's always a cost in following God's plan for your life. If you were to say this morning to God, God, in 2013, I want to give you more of me. This next year, Lord, I want to be closer to you than I've ever been before. I want to be more in your will, God. I mean, this next year, I want to be right smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Well, if that's your prayer, and if that's what you really say to God, get ready because it's going to cost you. Chances are you're going to have to give up some stuff if that's really your desire. There will always be a cost there will always be risk, and it will always require faith. And you're going to have to step out and do some things in the unknown. You may have to do some things this next year that terrify you. <laughs> There's always a cost to be paid. Mary decided she desired God's will most of all. And Mary decided to take the chance to risk it all. To pay the cost. I love what Mary said in verse 38. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to do whatever he wants. Really, you know, I wish it was just me and you right now. <laughs> it almost seems that way. You know, you're so quiet. I wonder, have, have, have you ever said that to God? Lord, I'm willing to do whatever it is you want me to do. And then she went on to say, may everything you said come true. Mary said, God, I'm willing to do whatever you ask me to do. Now, what does whatever include? Think about it. What, what, what does that mean? When you say to God, Lord, I'll do whatever you want, what does that include? Everything. Everything. Mary said, I'll do whatever God wants. Let me ask you, does that sound a little risky? You bet. Have you ever said that to God? It's being willing to pay the cost. Can you imagine what it cost Mary to say yes? Because Mary could have said no. Mary had a choice. Can you imagine the cost she paid to be the mother of God's Son, Jesus Christ? Uh, the other day I made a list of things that I thought it cost Mary. And number one on my list 
the first thing that it cost her was her reputation. You see, she was a virgin. She was a teenage girl. And now she's pregnant. She was engaged to be married to Joseph. Now, how in the world are you going to explain to everybody in your community that you're a virgin and you're now pregnant? She gave up her reputation. Jesus was 30 years old, the Bible says, before he began to do miracles to validate who he said he was. So for 30 years, nobody believed her. Can you imagine Mary saying, what will everybody think? I'm single and I'm pregnant and the baby's God's? <laughs> right? What are my parents going to think? What will my friends think? What will my fiancé think? I mean, if you were engaged and your fiancé said, by the way, I'm pregnant and you're not going to believe who the father is, it's God, not you. <laughs> You think about that. Are you going to believe that line? Mary probably thought, I am about to lose the person that I love over this. W would you believe a story like that? But what are the chances, really, that, that you're going to believe her if you live down the street from Mary? Mary, you're a teenager. You're single, you're engaged, and you're pregnant. And you're still a virgin? <laughs> right. And the Father's God? Come on, Mary. Can you imagine what the neighbors were saying? Poor, poor Mary and Joseph. It's so sad. And can you believe the far-fetched idea that they've come up with? That they're saying the father is God? The daddy of this baby is God? Man, can you believe the audacity? Now really, when we just kind of step back and think about it, wow. You know, and I'm, I'm not being disrespectful, nor am I being irreligious this morning, but that's kind of like some of you ladies saying, you know what, preacher, last week I had a date with Elvis. That was meant for comic relief, and apparently it didn't work very well. Or, or I was picked up by a UFO, you know. They must have criticized and made fun of this young teenage girl. She literally gave up her reputation because nobody believed her for years. They probably said, why hasn't Joseph dumped her? What a dysfunctional family. She's pregnant and neither of them will admit to it. And here's the point I'm trying to make. If you get serious about God's plan for your life, if you come this morning and say, God, I am going to do whatever you want me to do with my life, there will be people who misunderstand you. There will be people who misjudge you. There will be people who criticize you because you're going to be different. Count on it. If you really want God's plan for your life, there will be some people around you who become very unhappy by that and they will greatly criticize you because of it. Count on it. Mary sacrificed her reputation there's always a cost. There, listen to me. There is a cost to following Jesus. And Jesus is not secretive about this. In fact, Jesus is very open and blunt about it. He said, it's going to cost you to follow me. Nobody can follow me except they pick up their cross and follow me. 
Jesus said, there will be a price to pay if you follow me as my disciple. Jesus said, don't commit your life to me until you really consider it and count the cost. Now, just kind of as a side note to this, can you imagine Mary saying, I'm a teenager, and I am supposed to raise a perfect child? Really? James Dobson hasn't been born yet. (laughs) There's always a cost. I kind of like what Paul said about the cost of following Jesus over in Philippians chapter 3. He said, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may win Christ. Paul understood the cost, but he also understood the benefits on the other side. He knew that the cost were worth it. The benefits far outseed anything that God is going to ask you to give. Paul said, all those things I used to think were so cool and so important and so valuable to my life, they are nothing other than a cheap plastic thrill. They don't matter anymore. And I have dumped all of that stuff so that I can be in the center of God's plan for my life and I can be the person God made me to be. And I'm here to tell you, church, that's when life becomes worth living. When you finally figure out God's way is the best way. It's not the way the world says. It's what God made for you. You you figure out life is worth living when you follow God's plan for your life. So what am I willing to give up in order to be used by God? And let me tell you, you will have to give up some stuff. God may ask you today to give up some bad habits. Or even some good habits that are just habits. (laughs) Getting in the way of your service to Him. He may ask you to give up some relationships, some friendships that are pulling you down instead of building you up. He may ask you today to set aside your dreams and your ambitions and your goals and your plans and your finances for what He made you to be. And really what it comes down to is, are you willing to do that? God chooses people and God uses people who decide, you know what, whatever the cost, I'm willing to pay it. Step one, desire God's will for your life more than anything else. Number two, decide to pay the cost. That's exactly what Mary did. And it brings us to point number three. God uses people who dare to trust His promises. We call them people of faith. Because you know what? It does take risk. It takes courage to be used by God. Courage does not mean you're not afraid. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fears. Courage is facing your fears. Another word for courage in the Bible is the word faith. I mean, what did that teenage boy David have when he went out and faced Goliath, the giant? You say he had courage. No, I say he had faith. The two intermingle. Courage is faith. And Mary was a young woman of deep faith. You know, Mary didn't have all the answers. 
But she knew who did. (laughs) And she trusted him. Mary was a woman who was not afraid of the supernatural. Mary was not afraid of God doing a miracle inside of her. Did you get that? Because that's about what God was doing. God was doing a miracle inside of her. Yet Mary wasn't afraid of that. I like what it says in verse 34 of chapter 1. Mary asked the angel, but, but how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and the power of God shall overshadow you. For every promise from God shall surely come true. God uses people who dare to trust His promises. And God did some miracles in Mary's life. And you're probably sitting here today thinking, you know, why doesn't God ever do miracles in my life? It may very well be that you're afraid He will. huh? You're afraid that God might do a miracle in your life. You're afraid of the supernatural. You're afraid. You're you're afraid and say, you know, if God does something supernatural in my life, I might lose control. (laughs) And believe you me, if He does do something supernatural in your life, you will lose control. And that's a very scary thought for you. The reason God doesn't do a miracle in your life maybe is because you don't expect Him to. You play it safe spiritually. And you wonder why God is not doing anything in your life. Well, you don't let Him. God uses people who dare to trust Him. Who dare to trust His promises. Who are willing to step out on faith. Who are willing to say, God, take me and use me. Do whatever you want to do in me, God. That's risky. That's what faith is. Mary had every reason to be worried. Think about it. Mary was going to carry this heavy responsibility. She was going to give birth to God. She was going to raise God's son. But instead of worrying, Mary worshipped. Luke chapter 1, we have Mary's song of worship. Instead of worrying about all of this, Mary turns it around and worships God. Instead of panicking at the unknown, she praises God and prays. And I want to suggest that to you. When you come upon situations where you think you're in over your head, you know, when, when you're trying to follow God's will the best you can, but it's scary, don't worry. Worship. Don't panic. Pray and give praise to God. You see, anytime you're afraid, anytime I am afraid, it means that I have forgotten the promises of God, that He will never leave me nor forsake me, that His will is greater than any force I can face. We've got to claim those promises. It was Jesus who said, What is impossible with men is possible with God. God can do anything, even through you. Mary's cousin understood the third reason that God chose Mary. Because Elizabeth said, you believe that God would do what he said. That's why he has given you this wonderful blessing. There it is right there. You want God to bless your life? Believe God. Trust God. You've received this wonderful gift because you believed the Lord. So God uses people who, number one, desire to do His will. 
God uses people who, number two, decide to pay the cost, whatever it is. And God uses people, number three, who dare to trust His promises. Okay, you with me? You still with me? If God can take a teenage girl, just a poor peasant teenager with no education, and choose her to be the mother of Jesus Christ, don't you think that the excuse that you're giving God is pretty puny? Why He can't take and use you? I mean, if God can use Mary, He can use you. I really don't know how to say it any clearer than that. Here's what I do know. I stand up here week after week looking out on you. And, and you know, I know you. I know you. I've been here long enough to know you. And I know that many of you, most of you, have enormous spiritual potential. Maybe you just don't see it. God sees it. I can see it. You have enormous spiritual potential. God has gifted you and God has given you talents and God has given you health and resources and freedom and a sharp mind and education and talents and abilities. And God doesn't want you to just set on all that stuff. God gave all of that to you for you to use it in His kingdom. And folks, let me tell you, one day we're going to have to stand before God and He's going to ask you, what did you do with all that stuff I gave you? He wants to use you. You know what? It, it all starts with a desire. And I really don't know how to say this, you know, but that's where it is. It's a desire. It's a hunger. It's a craving to do God's will, to serve God, to seek out God, to follow His plan for your life. It, it's, it's like me taking your head and sticking it in a bowl of water, or a pool of water, until you run out of oxygen. You're about to die, and with, with your last fiber of energy, you hit me and dig your head out of the water and gasp for air. You're craving air. You've got to have air. If you don't have it, you'll die. And so you're seeking it with everything you have. That's what I'm talking about here. Doing God's will. It, it starts with that desire. That hunger. It's the it factor. You know? You see it in sports all the time. There, there's a lot of talented athletes out there. But every once in a while you come across a guy or a lady that has it. You know? You can't really teach it. It's that hunger that's birthed inside. It's, it's the desire to achieve, to do. Where do you come up with that? How do you find that? Well, I think when you really have an encounter with God, when you truly seek God, when, 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 when that is the hunger of your life, you find it. You know, and, and I, I'm just talking to you now. I know that life can't be lived on the mountaintop. You can't, you can't have that spiritual ecstasy 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, because sooner or later you're going to go down in the valley, aren't you? Sooner or later, life becomes a grind, doesn't it? There are bills to pay. There are doctor visits. There are health issues. There's death in your family. You lose a job. Bad things happen. You, okay, you with me? But it's during those times that you just keep grinding it out. 
You keep doing the right thing because you know that's what you're supposed to do. And so in the morning when you don't feel like it, you get up and you read your Bible. You pray. You seek God. And even during the doldrums when things are down, you still have this inner desire, this inner motivation. God, I want to do your will more than anything else. When friends abandon you, when people make fun of you, when nobody's watching, it comes from inside because you love God more than anything else. You love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you want to live for Him. Can I think? That's the kind of person God uses. Someone who's totally sold out. Mary was that way. And you can be too. So let me, let me try to train, change gears here as I close. It's Christmas time, right? It's Christmas time. What do we do at Christmas time? Well, we buy gifts and we give gifts to the people we love, don't we? And you've been doing that. How many of you are finished buying all your gifts? Okay. I will see the rest of you Monday. Out at the mall, all right? That's what we do. We buy gifts and give them to the people. But you know what? It's kind of crazy. We're buying gifts and giving them to all these people. It's not even their birthday. I mean, whose birthday is it? It's Jesus' birthday. So if we're going to give a gift to anybody, who should we give a gift to? Jesus. It's his birthday. Let's give him a gift. So what in the world can we give God? <laughs> what in the world do you give Somebody who has everything. I mean, Jesus has everything. What do you give him? Well, the one thing that you can give him if you haven't already, that he wants more than anything else, is yourself. That may be the only thing God doesn't have, is you. Because the only way God is going to have you is when you give him yourself. So why don't you give God yourself this Christmas? Why don't you give God yourself today? Why don't you say, today, Lord, here I am. Take it all. The good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> Take me, break me, make me. Because, Lord, more than anything else in 2013, I want to be in the very center of of your will. Heavenly Father, I pray that, that we would be able to do that today. You've shown us in your word the type of person that you choose and that you use. You're very upfront about it. We know the costs that are involved. And I pray, dear Lord, that today some people would say yes. Lord, there may be someone here this morning that needs to say yes to you in terms of salvation. They've never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I pray that today they would come and receive by faith the gift of salvation. And Lord, for the rest of us who are Christians, may, may we give you our all today. Lord, I, I understand it's not automatic. We have to choose to do your will. And, and I pray, dear Lord, today we would choose to do that. I pray that there would be men, women, boys and girls come to the altar today. And just say, Lord, whatever you want from my life, I'm willing to give it. 
would you please move in our hearts? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. As these guys sing, why don't you step out in faith and come to Jesus right now?